On this episode of Writing Tandem... You know, I think a lot of folks, they are kind of waiting. They know they're not happy in whatever job they're doing. They've been thinking about this dream or that maybe they could start something. And they're waiting for the sign. Yeah. To take the jump. I think that was probably my sign. Hi there. This is your host, Vivian, and you're listening to Writing Tandem, a podcast that is all things business, entrepreneurship, and the secrets operating a successful business while still having a life you love. Whether you're a business owner on the verge of taking that side hustle to the next level or just curious about the world of entrepreneurship, join me as I go behind the scenes of my own business and the businesses of others, unpacking some of the most valuable lessons you can apply today. Let's dive in. Well, I'm really excited for today's episode and to welcome our guest who is actually my business partner, Michaela Clark. And we are excited just to chat a little bit about how we got business started and why we work together, why we choose to do that. And who knows where else this conversation is going to go, but I'm really excited to have Michaela on with me today. Hello, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I thought I got to talk a little bit about how I started in business, which was like with my little sisters taking advantage of them and renting out my toys, but then quickly went on. Like my parents were both self-employed, so I worked in their businesses and they gave me opportunities to have a business as well. So it was kind of like my first step into it, but I was curious. We've talked a little bit, but I don't know if I know your first business. What was your first business? Um, I had a few growing up. My neighbor and I sold those fabric wreaths where they're like little square patches of material. Mm -hmm. And you took like a little hook and stabbed them in. We sold those in the neighborhood, packed them up in the wagon. I think people feel probably felt sorry for us, and that's why they bought them. Like, <laughs> A for effort. Here's $10. $10 for one of those wreaths? I think so. Wow. I should have to see if we could find some of our old stuff in my mom's house. You were hustling. That. And then we had a newspaper, mm-hmm. the Alta Daily. I think we sold that for 25 cents. I think our parents were the only subscribers to that one. Wait, so did you write and publish a newspaper or you like on a, like the old computer, the old Mac computers that had the the dot printers on the side where you rip the paper yeah. off, yeah, print them on those. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. Did you know um my younger sister and I we had a newsletter? I think you've talked about that before. So we both created and published newsletters or newspapers when we were kids? Yeah. I don't know. Or, uh, 25 cents. We made up some of our stories, so <laughs> they weren't all real stories. I mean, we wrote some fiction. Yeah. But we did interview people. It was called Taxi Cab, and we distributed it nationally. We had a couple subscribers in a few other states, like AOL and, and um, well, the internet in general. <laughs> we had access then, but we had a couple, like, pen pals through the internet, mm-hmm. and that was still, I guess, a safe thing to do. And so they subscribed. That's nice. Yeah. Pen pals. I had a few of those. I even had a pin pal in Underwood, and I thought it was super far away. Didn't realize it was only 10 miles away. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I didn't realize that we both published things. We used clip art in ours. Did you guys do There was no clip art in that one. I did use a lot of clip art, though. Yeah. And Comic Sans. (laughs) Which was cool. (laughs) That's funny, because now I can't stand that font. Nope. It's awful. So, clip art. Um, we used like a we had like a clip art book, and then you would like photocopy it, cut it out with scissors, glue, stick it down, and then photocopy again. That's how we did clip art. We did it on the on the computer. Way cooler, much more high tech. My dad stayed home, so he needed something to do. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you started pretty young. Yeah. But how did you end up with your first adult business? Well, I after photo school, I left and said I was only going to photograph like things I built. Wasn't going to photograph people. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, yeah, good luck with that. Don't really see you making much money doing that. I'd worked for my brother for a long time bartending, and I always kind of did a little bit of photography on the side, but hadn't really, like, taken the plunge. Growing up, though, our mom was always like, do what you love. Don't don't settle for a job. She had a good job, but she couldn't move because of the money. And so she always kind of, like, beat it into our heads, like, don't do something for the money. Do it because you love it, because you want to go to work. And mm-hmm. she did not like going to work. Yeah. Like, it was like a countdown to retirement. I think a lot of people are that way, don't you? Yeah. And it's not. Not a way to live. I guess not for me. Yeah. I mean, you hear it all the time. They're like getting ready to live when they retire Mm -hmm. or do the things they love. But what if you don't make it to retirement? (sighs) Not to be morbid, but yeah. Truly. Or what if it doesn't work out the way you thought? Yeah. People say that all the time, like one life to live. Yeah. YOLO. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think about that a lot with us owning a business. Because sometimes it's really hard. For sure. But then I'm like, okay, alternatively. You could be in a cubicle. I could. Losing your mind. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be fair, I mean, even some folks who own a business, they're maybe not out and about quite as much as we are, but it, it's still, they love it. What they do, they love. I think it has to fit your personality. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what I was doing, whether my own business or not, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like being contained inside of four walls. Yeah. Like, I like having the flexibility to be able to do different things and have a variety and diversity. I think it's interesting that your mom encouraged you to do something you love because I that can be hard. There's not always security. People don't always put doing something you love with security. And I feel like a lot of times our parents want us to have secure, good, secure jobs, safe. So I think it's interesting your mom had a different perspective on that. Where do you think she got that? Um, I think she knew she was miserable at her job. I think she also watched my brother take a plunge and a risk, and it worked, knowing he was happier. Mm. I think because he spent three years doing real estate and didn't love it, and so took the plunge to open up a bar of his own, and it worked, Mm -hmm. and he was happier. A lot of your siblings, or you have other siblings that own their own businesses. Yes. So older brother has a bar, and then my sister has a salon, and then my little sister manages the bar. Um, she was a social worker and got burnt out on that. And then my brother is a professor. Yeah. So he's the... I mean, professors, they kind of do their own thing. That's Ish. True. Yeah. With some restraints. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets to do a lot of research, right? Yep. Yeah. He gets to travel and things like that. I think ultimately what made me take the plunge back to kind of what we were saying was I was helping some friends out and took in what was supposed to be an eight-week hey, help us out and come take this job at mm. a nonprofit. Uh, I can do it for eight weeks. And you know what? That will give me enough time to say, prove on an income that I can buy a house. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It was a win-win. Well, the eight weeks turned into quite a bit longer and I was miserable. And wasn't part of the job was a good fit for me, like recruitment of, it was Girl Scouts. I guess that doesn't matter if I say that. <laughs> uh, recruitment of going into schools and doing programming. Like that part I loved. I thought that part was great. But the other part of it was not a great fit for me. And so I w- would call my mom every day on the way to work and I'd complain. And I didn't realize how much I complained until mm. it's like, Mom, I think I'm going to quit. She said, you know, I really hope you do because I'm really sick of hearing you bitch. Mm-hmm. I was like, my mom is sick of me. 
I was like, what does that mean about my friends or anyone else I talk to on a daily basis? They must like loathe when I call. That's interesting when someone else points it out. Yeah, especially your mom. Yeah. Like I should be able to call her and she doesn't get sick of me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think a lot of folks, they are kind of waiting. They're, they know they're not happy in whatever job they're doing. They've been thinking about this dream or that maybe they could start something and they're waiting for the sign. Yeah. To take the jump. I think that was probably my sign. And I had kind of, she said, do you, I was shooting weddings then and doing some other things. And I was like, I've calculated up. If I quit now, I have three months of, I can pay all my bills and do this and that. And mm. I'd already purchased my house. So I got what I wanted out of that. So I was on my way. I think so that's, that's an interesting thing to talk about. Like, how do you, one, how do you make the decision to make the leap? And two, it sounds like you did take into consideration where you set up for it versus just being like, yeah, I'm out and I'm just going to start this thing. I have been known to just say, okay, done, or I'm going to move next week across the country. I have done that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't always think things through like that, a little impulsive. Back to what you said. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, well, I guess I wonder a little bit. You had something set up. Do you think that helped you be successful having those in place? That you had some savings, that you had some things. Oh, let's let's be clear. I didn't have savings. I knew I had enough contract of work coming in that I was going to be able to pay my bills. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the planner of the two of between Vivian and I. I'm more of a things are going to work out. I feel good about it, so let's do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that we do have a nice balance Yeah, when it comes to that. That's true. I like, though, that you did have some runway and you did think about it a little bit. Because I know mm -hmm. I get asked a lot. How do I decide to make the jump? And I often will lean into, well, are you feeling the push? Are you miserable with where you're at? Or do you feel really called? Like you just know that you can make a difference or that it's time. Because there's like that feeling piece of it. The moment is here. The moment's now. The opportunity's here. Whatever that is for that person, there's usually this nudge. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the nudge is I'm unhappy I also think sometimes the nudge is, I know I can do more, or I know there's this potential. It's not always out of misery that will like feel that nudge. But then I think the second piece is, do I know my runway? Do I have a plan? Have I, if I have um, people in my life, do I need to talk with them and see if they're also ready and on board? Do I need their support? Do I not need their support? Do I have the finances to do this? And how long of a runway do I have? Which it's exactly what you did. You figured out your numbers and said, okay, if I did this now, I'm projecting is what you were doing. I'm projecting that I'm going to have the income in this period of time. That'll cover my finances. That feels good. Sometimes also I think there's other things that need in place. Like do I need a building or do I need an office space or do I need some software? Do I need a piece of equipment? Do I need to take a class or do I need to learn something before I feel comfortable? So that's usually what I tell people is like, you've got to have the nudge. But don't ignore the nudge. Sometimes it's easy to ignore it or it can feel scary. And then second, what are the plans you need to put in place? But sometimes I think you can get stuck in, I've got to have it all perfect. Yeah, it definitely wasn't perfect. And I do think all of that, it kind of was just perfect timing to where it was spring. There were I had lots of weddings on, on the books. I knew I'd book more. I had everything I needed to really go all into photography. Mm-hmm. What I really needed was probably more time to really focus on it and mm -hmm. have my schedule open up to be able to do more of the photography. Yeah. That makes sense. Because, gosh, how many times 
do people end up straddling the two worlds? I'm going to keep my job and I'm going to side hustle this until it gets big enough that I can like take off with it. But there's always that pain moment of you can't juggle both and it's just messy. Mm -hmm. I think you lose more than you do, than you gain really. Mm -hmm. That kind of happened with us like when we first started working together and then at while we were working together, but unofficially, we were more just helping each other out with projects. And then I got offered a job at Bulu and decided to take it. And so I straddled two worlds for a year and a half. And it's true, like you just, you can't give your best, you know, to the side hustle. And so eventually you do have to make a decision or sometimes a decision's made for you. But gosh, it felt so good to be able to jump all in. Yeah, that was that was a good day. <laughs> I'd love to talk a little bit about um, just what happened after you made that decision. So you you were set up, you had some jobs lined up. Did it work out well or what happened? Yeah, it did. I dove in and had those had a bunch of weddings and they, they just continued to come in. And mm-hmm. I was able to really focus on that. I think one thing I really did struggle with was I was working at home. And editing at home, so that was hard. I mm-hmm. I missed the social the social interaction of people in the office and things like that. I did every once in a while bartend like once a week, which was it was nice because then it kept me in front of people too. Mm-hmm. I do think being in the service industry industry really helped build an audience and for people it was an easy oh you're a photographer oh we're getting married done mm-hmm. or family photos whatever it was. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot actually. Making strategic connections and putting yourself in strategic situations. I remember you mentioned one time too, not that you went to the gym solely for the purpose of like you went because you wanted to work out, you loved the classes mm-hmm. and everything, but you started realizing it was like putting you in a, the right sphere for what you did. Absolutely. It really, it's, it put me in front of the people I wanted to be in front of mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't on purpose. It was just started to happen. I started doing all their kids' senior pictures and their kids were getting married and family pictures, so mm-hmm. it worked out. Yeah. I think about that, too, looking backwards, how yeah. I put myself in, and then you start to recognize it. Like a huge piece of running a business is being self-aware mm-hmm. and being aware of what's happening around you so you can, like, manufacture it again or not manufacture it again. Yeah. And using those, I told people for a long time, like, you don't advertise? And I was like, no, I have my sister who sees however many people a day. Mm-hmm. My brother sees X amount of people a day. I walk up and down the block, like on the 100 block, and people see us. So it's mm-hmm. being visible and having people who I call them ambassadors. Yeah. You really were advertising. Yeah. Just didn't really know I was. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that happens. Yeah. Gosh, that comes up all the time, like the whole word of mouth thing. Like, I feel like when you start a business, there's like circles. I'm curious what you think. It's like your first ring is word of mouth mm-hmm. because you're using your warm circle of people but like every business hits a point where they've outgrown that I mean yeah for sure I had to start it was probably too like when we started helping each other out more Mm -hmm. all my friends were married so I'd kind of worn that circle out so it kind of was like oh I gotta find some more people here Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna do that yeah and that's when we started doing some Facebook marketing Mm -hmm. and we were running ads some targeted ads and Doing yeah, some shows. For sure. Got some print materials together. Like I think we'd always had a little bit of that, but I think that's when we really started leaning in. Putting it all together, telling the whole story. I mean, that's always been a big thing is just getting that story out. And when you have to 
when it's your warm circle of people, the storytelling is, you almost miss it because you're just doing it so naturally and they're picking up on it. But when you start telling that story to people who don't know you, they're like the second, third ring. You have to really get intentional about how you tell the story. And knowing like, who am I trying to attract? Mm -hmm. That was kind of before in my warm circle, it could have been, they were over here and over there. No, it was Mm -hmm. not really one audience. Yeah, getting that honed in. It's so funny. I love to tell people how we met, which (laughs) I have to giggle about because we just usually, you know, say we met in the dark room, which sounds, you know, I don't know. And then we wonder why people think we're in a relationship together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That we have been mistaken a couple times as being a official couple. Yes. Yes. But just meeting in photo school together, it's so funny how things have come together. Like when we met in photo school, I didn't ever anticipate having a business. I always thought you were really cool, though. I hoped to be in your ring, your sphere, because we didn't have any classes actually together. Didn't have any. Uh-uh. No. And you always made such cool artwork. And I remember you building things like you talked about. And I liked to build mm-hmm. sets, too. We did some cool paper ones. Yeah, those were neat. Those were cool. Sheila Talbotzer had us do those projects, I think. I was not in that class. You were in that one? Oh, she was good. I wanted to retake it. You should. I went back and retook classes. Not now. That's too far of a drive. <laughs> <laughs> I did I go could back. Get some good podcast time in on that. Some good listening time. It's true. Yeah. You do need that when you don't. We basically, well, I basically commute four minutes to work now. It's like, when do I get to listen to good content? I have about four minutes from daycare drop-off to the office, and I find myself singing apples and bananas, and then I get <laughs> almost there, and I'm like, man, I could use that four minutes a lot better Yeah, instead of singing kids' It's songs. just fun to think how that's all come together. And, you know, people often will ask us how we created a partnership that has worked so well, and um, what do you think it is? I think a lot of it, you kind of put the rules in a sense. Or like, let's do this for X amount. I think we said a year. Mm -hmm. We said, let's partner together for a year on certain projects, not even all projects. Yeah. And if it doesn't work after a year, okay. Mm -hmm. But let's go all in to like make it work and see what happens. I think that was a big part of it. And we do our same page meetings, Mm -hmm. which I don't think we were doing them then. No, I didn't know anything about them when we first started. But we did touch base, like how's this going for you? Kind of Yeah. more... Like honest conversations, I guess. That's huge, right? Yeah. I mean, people will say they talk with their business partner, but it's really, that was one of the things we definitely committed to was we're going to have honest conversations when we're not upset. Yeah. I have a 24-hour rule mm. that from college. I, professor, I don't remember what class it was, um, but he was basically like, if you don't like your grade, wait 24 hours. Don't email me because I'm not opening it. That's so. good. Wait 24 hours. The idea being that they look at it and evaluate and go, yeah, maybe I did kind of just kind of half-ass this or, you know. So I kind of take that 24-hour rule Mm -hmm. because is it really in 24 hours if it doesn't matter? It didn't matter to bring up. Yeah. And in the moment, especially working with a partner, there's a lot of really personal things that come up. I mean, we're we're having to make decisions basically about each other's time, Mm -hmm. about each other's money to some degree. I mean, I don't with how you spend your money at home, but... We have to make decisions together about finances, how the money's spent in the business, how much we're going to pay ourselves. Yeah. I remember that just being like, okay, we're going to have to have a conversation about how much money we're taking out of the business and how much is staying. Yeah. And so I thought it was funny when, like, when we hired a money coach and they were like kind of tiptoed, like, is it a, we're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's kind of open book. Yeah. We talk about it. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is so important. If you're going to have truly a business partner, there has to be a pretty deep sense of openness. Yeah, the transparency and trust that goes into it. Mm -hmm. That was one of my biggest fears with working together with you. I had just come out of a married relationship, also business partner. So I carried a lot of hurt and baggage out Mm -hmm. of that, honestly. And so when we were talking about partnering together, I was like, oh, gosh. Part of me was like, no, I just want to do my own thing. Leave me alone. It's just easier. I don't want to go through the work. I knew it was going to be work and it was going to like stir up things. So I was kind of scared. I do think it is sometimes easier to just be like, oh, yeah, it's easier. I can just do it my way. Mm -hmm. But I think we both realize we can go farther faster Mm -hmm. and get to where we wanted to be and do the things we want to do and have the impact that we want to have. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of both where we Which I didn't even realize to what extent that was going to be when we first started. To me, I feel more and more grateful and more and more thrilled and excited the longer we work together because it's like a new layer of, oh my gosh, this is so much better together. When I look back, because when we first started, we were still doing a lot of photography, which to be clear, we don't do weddings at all anymore. We don't shoot families or or anything like that really at all. Mm -hmm. So... At the time, it was like, yeah, we're going to have great skills together. Like, maybe I'll lean in on the lighting and you'll lean in on the posing and I'll lean in on the, you know, on doing like the the invoices and you'll lean in on connecting with the circles. And so it was like, yeah, we'll be better together in that regard. Fast forward, I think about as like, sure, we lean in on each other's skills, but now it's like new levels are opening up of impact and frankly, growth for me. Oh, for sure. That's way more it's just such such a deeper level even than like you handle the posing I'll handle the lights you know yeah, I had no idea this is I mean I knew that like we could like help people utilize the creative assets we were delivering like mm-hmm. in that area I felt like yeah we'll we'll totally we'll be a little bit more yeah. maybe we'll tell them where to put these photos yeah but now it is crazy to think like oh yeah like just how we unrolled the 16 personalities with our team and mm-hmm. really utilized the podcast that we found and listened to it and like really dug deep into our own personalities, but then dug deep into those around us. And it really has shifted and modeled the way we've done things. And I think that's huge. Yeah. For the people listening and not familiar with 16 personalities, tell them what it is. It's Meyer Briggs. So take a personality test and then it like diagnoses you down to like everything and (laughs) tells you exactly who you are on a few pieces of paper but there's 16 personalities for teams and we kind of did analyzed our team Mm -hmm. and our strengths and weaknesses and I was really struggling because I was like um I never ask anybody what they do for a living Mm. and my husband always does and I'm just like maybe I don't care Mm. well come to find out I really don't care what Mm. you do I care more about like what you care about and what you dream about and what you're passionate about Mm -hmm. so it was very like permission giving for me to not ask you what you do for a living yeah so now we know (laughs) yeah if you run into Michaela she's not going to ask what you do for a living because she cares about the deeper stuff yes yeah so and that has really played out valuable in our company over and over again so we did that as a team we had everybody on our team at the time take it top to bottom I think we've even asked some vendors to take it we have clients take it a lot of times now because we've just found that it like allows us to interact even yeah. better. I really like the infographic that we have. So we have an infographic that has 
both of our personalities on it and like what we're good at, what's hard for us, what you can expect and Mm -hmm. why we need reminders on certain things. If you were to tell people who are thinking about starting a business or who have a small business why they should take the 16 personalities, what do you think of? What comes to mind to you for that? It makes things easier. And not only it's permission giving, you become more self-aware. You're more aware of those around you. And beyond just taking the 20-minute or however long it takes Mm -hmm. quiz, test, assessment, that's Mm -hmm. what it is. Like diving into a podcast to unpack it and to really be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's why things are the way they are. And that's well, we listened to a podcast that was designed specifically for sixteen personalities, for 16 personalities in the workplace, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it would unpack what each personality was, but then it would also tell you how that personality may interact with another personality, which I thought that was really valuable to yeah. think about. Because I heard somebody say once, and I, I'm not going to remember who or where, so I'm just going to commandeer this, but it's one thing to know yourself, which I'm huge about. I think you are too. You've got Mm -hmm. to know yourself to be a business owner. You have to. But it's another level to know the other people around you and how to um, unleash them, how to empower them, how to harness them, how to direct them. That's like next level stuff. Yeah, like leaning into what they're good at and being able to recognize that. Mm -hmm. I think has helped a lot. It's helped a lot with clients. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. When I took mine, I have to laugh a little bit. So I came out as an architect with that one because there's, you know, little illustrative words they'll use for each one. I came out as an architect. I was like, cool. That's awesome. I'm like, I jive with that and I'm reading through it. And I was like, like you said, the permission giving, I kind of went the other direction. I was like, whoa, that sounds like a really strong personality. And so it's been helpful to me to realize that even though it is a, a pretty strong personality that could come across <laughs> in some less than ideal ways. I was like, dang it. I'm like, Michaela has like this cool personality. It's so fun and everything. And um, mine's a little more difficult. (laughs) Um, I texted you and I'm like, I'm sorry. Is this how I act? I'm reading my profile and I sound like a real jerk to work with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, no, you're not. But I think that's a big piece too. Like we can take these assessments, but I know a reason why a lot of people don't want to is because they feel like it puts them in a box. And they're like, the box isn't fair, or that doesn't really describe me, or don't label me, you know? But I like it because I like to see how we can have a natural inclination one way, but it doesn't mean that we can't grow. But we just grow better when we know where we're starting from. Yeah, and I think it, like, lean in on where you need to, like, where you're really strong, but then work on the areas that make sense to Mm -hmm. work on, like calendars. Calendars are something that's really hard for me, and I'm not, it's not a natural thing. Mm-hmm. We've had clients before say, Oh my gosh, you're so organized. And I'm like, <laughs> Vivian's organized. I'm just faking it over here. <laughs> but I'm a well, I'm, I'm trained. Yeah. That's what I like to say. Same. I often say I'm a well trained, you know, at whatever it is. Yeah. It might not be natural, but if we can't be flexible, our businesses won't survive. We've got to be able to be flexible. Yeah. And do lots of different things. Mm hmm. Be able to flex to the moment, to the person, to the personality. And I don't look at that as like being fake. It's how do I help make this situation better by not getting in the way? Mm-hmm. Think about that a lot for sure. That's interesting too, you know, about being organized stuff. When we first started working together, there were some frustrations. Oh, yeah. 
what were some of your frustrations when we first started working together? This is one we've talked about a lot where you would ask me like, hey, can I get X, Y, Z from you? And I'd be like, yep, okay, which I thought she wanted it or you wanted it right right then and there. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talked about it. We're like, okay, you can tell me I need it by Tuesday mm-hmm. or this is priority right now. Yeah. Or, you know, you prioritize it between these things whenever you get to it. So yeah. that has helped. I would um, be texting things at like, so I get up super early um, and don't have children. So that early morning, my brain's firing on our business. Yeah. Like literally when I get out of bed, sometimes I'm still like half asleep and I'm thinking about new ideas or how a process or a way we could do something. And so I'll just start firing off these text messages to you, quite honestly, 5 a.m. You're trying to get up, go through your process of the day on top of you have kiddos to get ready and out Mm -hmm. the door. Here I am firing all these things. It looks like I'm like act on this immediately because I get excited. Yeah. And I'm just, in my mind, I was like, no, I'm just excited and I want to share these things with you. And I was frustrated as the second half of the story because you wouldn't respond. And I was like, oh, she doesn't care. I'm literally in my head going, she doesn't care. She doesn't care about our business. This isn't a priority for her. You're in your head over there going, oh, my gosh, she wants me to drop everything and execute this thing right now. It's like I wanted to respond. But at the same time, I'm like, I got to get out the door. Yeah. I got to get these kids on the bus and to school and three drop-offs. and Yeah. And we discovered that through our same page meeting. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah. To where it's like, that's when I think we switched to telegram we'd keep mm-hmm. everything in the work related and telegram messaging and then everything else personal and regular messages i would say that is a tip i would give to anybody is if you Absolutely. use a messaging service for yourself your team your vendors make it separate from your personal messaging preference i think that's been huge mm-hmm. so we use text messaging for personal things because we have personal conversations And we have personal conversations with a lot of our team and vendors as well. And then we use Telegram messaging app just for business things. Makes it way easier to search for stuff too. Yeah, that's nice. Because our um, text thread usually takes up a lot of gigs on my phone. And it's so terrible (laughs) to search through. The Apple text messaging is is hard to search. You can't search through that. It's easier on the desktop to search it. Is it really? Mm -hmm. You can hit next. Oh, nice. Pretty sweet. Discover a new stuff here. <laughs> yeah, that has worked out. And I've been in some where they use Slack or you just find what works for you. I like Telegram, though, because it's got all the features. And it's just like texting, really. It really is. And it, they don't make you pay for saving messages and things like that. And you can schedule messages. Oh, my gosh. That's life-saving. Huge. Because now, this is what I do now. One, I they make sure. They all roll in at 9. Yeah, they all roll at 9 a.m. I make sure to uh, say... This is just an idea. Or, hey, when you read this, you're going to go down a rabbit hole. Yep. Or I'll say, hey, this is time sensitive within the next 24 hours. Yeah. And that I have no problem doing that. Like, that was great feedback that you gave. The other one that we, I thought weren't, went well, too, was if you give me an idea and I'm excited about it, I have a hard time getting back on track. Mm-hmm. So if there's, like, a big thing, you usually wait. You're like, I have something to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to wait. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when people say, I have a, like a cryptic text, which I'm like, don't <laughs> do that to me. But that's helped. Otherwise, I do go down a rabbit hole and want to know all the things. And yeah, I'm three months down the road planning something. Right. It's true. So that's helped. 
figuring out communication styles and being willing to be flexible on both sides where we came, you know, up with Telegram. So I can dump things there at weird hours or I can schedule things Mm -hmm. and you don't feel the pressure of I have to look at it till I get to work. Yeah. And that has been super helpful. Yeah. It's also, I mean, you've been helpful too to say like priority wise and doing some different things to help me unpack some of that stuff. Yeah. Has been helpful. Oh, it's so good to have somebody to bounce that with. I Mm -hmm. mean, the same back to you. I would say if you are a solo business owner and you're not looking to have a partner, still find at least one or a couple of people that you can trust to help you prioritize your day or prioritize your projects. Or bounce ideas off of or just be a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a paid coach or mentor, which I think paying for coaches and mentors is a great idea. Mm -hmm. We've done that a couple of times. The accountability piece helps too. Huge. So. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, with coaches and mentors, it doesn't mean you have to have that person for life. It might just be for a period of time. Yeah. We've done that before. Mm-hmm. Super valuable. Mm-hmm. Worth the money. If you were to have a coach or mentor right now, what kind of coach or mentor would you want or choose? I'd have to think about that. We've talked about this a little bit. I'd like a speech coach to help with speaking engagements and things like that. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, like an impromptu group. I know this impromptu group. We're just spinning ideas all the time over here. Tell we too okay, many tell group. we have too many groups that we want to start. <laughs> That's the problem with having an entrepreneur mindset. Yeah. How do you prioritize what is worth chasing after and what's not? How do you do that? I think it's helpful that we talk about it once a month. Mm-hmm. Like, are we still on the same page? Are we going? Are we both moving in the same direction? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been helpful. I also, if I'm like. Would I want to leave my house in the evening or on a Saturday afternoon to go do X, Y, Z? Would I be like, yeah, I'd get a babysitter for that. Or, yeah, I would miss a volleyball game for that. That's kind of sometimes my yeah, my meter of should we do this? Well, because we talked at one point about starting a coffee shop. That was my meter. That's when I was like, I wouldn't want to leave for that. Yeah. And we were kind of diving all in because that's what our personalities do. Yeah, we were looking at spaces. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of business owners have that mentality where they're like off to the next shiny thing or they have a great idea or it's hard not to see the potential and the dollar signs and the possibility is truly there and you know you could do it. That was the thing for us. We're like, we know we could do this. There was a need. There was totally a need. We'd done some validation. People were supportive. We were excited. We like it. Wanted some pour over dark coffee that tasted good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then and we had a friend who was excited as well. And so all those things start to line up and it's not a bad thing to do, Mm. but I know we have found a couple times you can get spread out and then your other business endeavors are suffering because you're bouncing from one idea to another. I just felt that would be a little too, we'd be spread a little too thin. I do think it's a good reminder too. We do remind each other like, okay, we can't conquer this right now. Mm -hmm. Let's put it on the someday. Yeah. So just let's table it passion project yeah when we retire we can start these new jobs there we go (laughs) and all these clubs and all these clubs it'll be great i remember you saying one time to me which was eye-opening for me where you said i feel like you keep bouncing from one idea to the next and i was like oh yeah i'm wired that way and you are too yeah you know and that's so it was interesting And it was eye-opening for me to say, hey, I'm just playing with an idea 
but I'm not suggesting we make a drastic change. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I'd be like, we're redoing a business plan here. Yeah. We're moving in a total different direction. Right. And that happens a lot. Don't you think that happens a lot when with a business owner and their team where their team might feel like, wait, I thought we were headed over here and the business owner appears to have moved on or like they're taking on a new project that doesn't align and there's just like this lack of communication. Big disconnect. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. How do you think people could get past that? I mean, I think a lot of it's communication of saying, Sometimes it's okay for a business owner to move on to something else because they have the team in place and maybe it's just communicating with them, giving them permission and saying, yeah. hey, you guys have got this. Um, you're, you know, you're managing it. You're in charge of this. I've given you the leadership role. I'm going to go over here and start up something new and just that people having the confidence that that's okay. Yeah. Confidence and capacity mm-hmm. to do it and execute it well. Mm-hmm. Also, sometimes I think business owners need to just say, this isn't the time. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea, but we've got to throw that one back over the fence. It's not aligned with our mission. And we've been having those kinds of conversations more and more. And the more we do it, it's painful because I feel like we're peeling things off that we've been attached to or always thought we wanted. But at the same time, as we hone in closer and closer to sort of that thing. It's more rewarding. It's way more rewarding. For sure. But it's been hard to throw some stuff back over the fence and say, no, we don't do that anymore, or that's not aligning, or we're not going to chase that right now because it's not the time. I found it's easier to throw things back over the fence when you say, but here, you can, I can still be helpful and offer you this person, this person, mm. that person as a valuable resource. That's a good tip. I don't like to say, no, can't do it. Yeah. Bye. Well, it's being a problem solver too, yeah. which is one of our core values. Yeah. And keeping it classy. It makes it feel easier to say no. Yeah. When you offer them something of value. Mm-hmm. What is one of the things, you know, your your mom, I think, said, or maybe you say, love your Mondays? Yeah. It's something. So I've done like the career rocket where you go into the schools and talk about what you do and or do like a little setup of like done a lot of photography and just telling them what it's like, you know, a lot of times they think it's very glamorous and you're just taking pictures all day and mm-hmm. don't do anything else. But going in and talking to them about that and then. I always – I have a little video that I just did with it. So, like, love your Mondays. But one thing at the end of the day, love your Mondays. Because it's always hard, like, especially when I was single, like, on Sundays, everybody was, like, hanging out, watching football, and they were, like, dreading going to work. Mm-hmm. Where I was, like, I can't wait. Like, mm-hmm. I love getting up on Mondays and being, like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do this thing. So, love your Mondays is kind of – Yeah. It is probably, too, because my mom dreaded Sundays. Yeah. Because Monday was coming in. I make it sound like she really, like, that's all she talked about, but it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) The Love Your Mondays thing definitely is always, when you say that, sticks out to me. I'm like, yes, that's a perfect way of saying it. And if you're not loving your Mondays, even if you're doing, if you're in your business doing something you love, but you're still dreading the Mondays, because I feel like that has happened for me, where I'm like, case of the Mondays. I do love what we do. But I'm dreading Monday. And then that's been an indication to me of like, why? Like, do you need a reset? Do I need a reset? Do I need a break? Or am I doing things within the business I don't need to be doing? Or am I taking things on? You're doing things that aren't, like, that are draining you because they're not, Mm -hmm. like, you have the skills to do them, but you're not finding them rewarding. Mm -hmm. If you, looking back now on our journey thus far to where we're at in the business... 
what would you say, like, if you were to tell somebody else looking back on that, these were three things that I've now learned. What do you think those three things would be? Or what are three things? They don't have to be the three things. I feel like it's a lot of pressure sometimes. I was always nervous to spend money, like, on coaching and consulting Mm. and just things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So doing that probably sooner, Mm -hmm. I think, would have been more beneficial. I think when you're so close to something, it's so hard to see what everyone else can see. Mm -hmm. So that's been helpful. Mm -hmm. I know one I would say, as you're thinking about those, design your work week hours to work for you from the beginning. If you want to take Fridays off, just start with your Fridays off. If you want to work mostly at night and have your mornings, then work mostly at night. Like start designing the schedule. It might not be 100% where you want that schedule to be when you're first starting, but as quickly as possible, start working towards the schedule you want because it's very possible. Yeah, and it can be attainable way faster than than what you think. I mean, when you run a business, you're kind of out of the norm anyway, so then why do you force yourself into this norm schedule if that's not what you want? Yeah, yeah, probably the schedule make it work for you. I mean, that was something that was we found ourselves – working around everyone else's schedule and a good friend said a client's emergency is not my or their lack of preparation is not my emergency Mm -hmm. so that's kind of something that's stuck too to like piggybacking off of what you said like Mm, that's a good one like make it work for you and what you need and it might not be all the time Mm -hmm. it might just be this season Mm -hmm. or this quarter I know when I was working my full-time job my sister obviously owned a salon my mom was retired and my sister could kind of make her own schedule. They're always like going to lunch, doing fun things. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to go to lunch with them. Mm-hmm. So just being able to do little little things like that. And we found that like people joke about it all the time. And I'm like, it's actually really sad. And I've lived it where they're like, you know, I left my full-time job to work a like full-time and a half job. I left my 40-hour work week to go work a 90-hour work week. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're like, yeah, but it's not working because I love it. But that's not always true. Like I've been in seasons and owning a business where I'm working 60, 70, 80 hours and I'm not loving it and realizing that I did that to myself by thinking that I had to do it or not designing it the way I wanted and um, giving yourself permission to back that up and make, design it, design the life you want. Yeah. You design the business. Like a scarcity model to where you're not. Mm. Like as soon as you can get out of that mode, I feel like then doors open. 100%. So Yeah, it is crazy. Because we decided to take our Fridays off. When we were super jam-packed busy. We were super busy. We were losing our minds. I was failing a first aid class online. Yeah. <laughs> you were like multitasking. You were taking like a... I was doing a presentation, making a presentation for something and mm-hmm. taking a first aid class. Like at the same time. And I was failing. Mm-hmm. I was like a straight-A student. I couldn't pass first aid ca- class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I remember it was like I texted you or called or I don't remember, and I was like, this is silly. I might have used stronger words than that. You said this is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> this is dumb. We don't do a – we don't work on Fridays anymore. Yeah. Starting this week. And it that worked. That was what we said. Not this week. Yeah. That was what we said a while ago. Yeah, a while ago. We've yeah. been doing that for a so, while now. And it worked out. I don't like it, though, that lots of doctors and appointment-driven things, they all take Fridays off, too. Oh. <sighs> I found like yeah they don't work Fridays I'm like dang it either do I maybe we need to make it Tuesdays yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other ones that sticks out to me is know your numbers like 
how many people go into business and they're like, oh yeah, like I kind of got it in my head. And I, and that's one of my big things is like, yes, that's great. And I totally get riding on your gut for a while. And that's, there's an element to that. But as soon as possible, like get your numbers down, know your numbers, know what you need, because it just opens up the door to everything. I ran from numbers for a long time. I do like them now, but that's because of you. You laid it out in a format. You're like, here, this is what we need. We need eight of these, 10 of these. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And now I can make Excel spreadsheets do things. Yeah. Don't use my calculator. So that has been, I probably wouldn't have arrived there. I might have been kind of just riding waves mm-hmm. being like, yeah, this will work. That's another good like business partner thing where I love how you've helped me grow in areas personally and professionally that is just so rich and has made, gosh, there's so many times I've thought I never would have done that without Michaela. I just don't know that I would have stepped out. I don't know if I would have, you know, done the step, take, like, you push me to try something or to be okay with something um, or to get better at something that just makes me better. And then I love that because then I feel like I make the business better because of that. And it's just really fun. Yeah, I do enjoy that. I feel like we're a good balance between two very different personalities, but two similar personalities, Mm -hmm. which is kind of... And sometimes that can be the fear, though. I think, what would you say to somebody who's looking for a business partner? What would we tell them? That's kind of a hard one. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would... I mean, I guess people look for partners. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not really... I'm like, whoa, that's weird, looking (laughs) for a business partner. A lot of people do, though. They look for a business partner. They don't want to do it alone. Or they know they're missing aspects. I think I would say... Go figure out yourself. Yeah. Know yourself super well. Or be willing to continually work on it. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. You got to know yourself. And then I think I would look for somebody who does a good amount of things better than me. Yeah. That's... I mean, it's like if you're going to hire somebody uh-huh. like, to run your... Like hire someone smarter and better. Yeah. Like, make sure that I'm bringing to the table something that they can't bring to the table as well as I can and and make sure they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. doing the same, that we're, we're sharing that. I think it's easy to look for a carbon copy of yourself. I, that's what I think I'm trying to say. This is interesting to process out loud. I yeah. like this. But I think sometimes we look for a partner where we're like, I just wish there was another one of me. I would clone myself to do more of what I do. I think that's a mentality I probably would have had at one point when I think backwards. I wish I could have another one of me. I mean, we've said that too. I wish we could have another one of us, but really. No. We need somebody who's not us, who's better at the things that we're not as good at. Mm-hmm. And just has a great cultural fit together. Yeah. That's what I think I would say. I agree with you, though. The know yourself is super important. Yeah. And be willing to be flexible. Like, huge. I'm still over here thinking about the fact that, like, looking for a business partner, it just is... Because you weren't looking for a business partner. No. And frankly, now that I think about it, I wasn't looking for a business partner either. I remember having conversations when when my previous business and that divorce and hence business partner both fell apart. I remember saying, I just want to lone wolf this. Mm-hmm. But then what ended up happening was I couldn't fulfill some contracts alone. I had to have help. And you, and so I reached out to you and said, will you help me with these? Not thinking it was going to lead to like a business partnership. Yeah. But as we worked together, I think we just started recognizing like, whoa, 
You're you, good at this. You're good at this. this. You really bring this to the table. I think that's maybe something I would say too. When you're looking for a business partner, if possible, don't jump into bed together all in. Yeah. Right off the bat. Like figure out a system that works for you to test the waters that's safe and respectful. Yeah, because we just pieced in little by little. I'm like, okay, now we can add this in. And mm-hmm. then we were like, okay. We just slowly merge things together and mm-hmm. let our other businesses sort of dissolve naturally. Yeah. It's also hard to figure that out though. And you have to like give yeah. some things up mm-hmm. to do that, which is interesting to think about as well. What you give up to gain and is that worth it to you and working through it. Gosh, I think about, I mean, you had your name on the business. Yeah. Which I was never really stoked about. So it wasn't like. So it worked a, out. Yeah. I just needed business cards to shoot an event. <laughs> needed to throw it together. Some people though, that would be hard. Yeah. No, I wasn't like a mo. I mean. Super attached to it. Yeah. So then we just put both our names on that business. Yeah. It worked out. It did work out. I'm glad it has. Yeah. I think it's fun to have conversations like this too. It is. We're going to have to do this more. <laughs> so you'll come back onto our podcast again? I'll be a guest again. Oh, awesome. <laughs> it was kind of funny to chat with you about this. Like, we need to get you on here, onto the podcast. I'm like, because it is your podcast too. Like, I'm doing a lot of the hosting, but we work on this together, so. Yeah, I do like finding the people. And Yeah, it's fun. And it's fun to hear from other people how it encourages them. So I'm glad that we're doing it together. Yeah. Awesome. Exciting. Well, I suppose we'll wrap up here for this time, but I think it would be fun just to keep having conversations together. And I'd love to hear from anyone listening, like what they would like for us specifically to talk about, like for you and I to talk about. I think that'd be cool. So invitation thrown out to connect with us. You can do that through the show notes there. Um, There's there's contact information there. You can get a hold of me. If you want to get a hold of Michaela, though, specifically, just reach out through that and we'll make sure you get in touch with her as well if you want to ask her a specific question. You'll answer questions, right? I will. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for hopping on. Um, We'll do this again soon. Writing Tandem is recorded on location at the studios on South 4th at Council Bluffs, Iowa, in cooperation with Todd Studer Productions.